Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I want to talk this morning about not limiting God. That was a Sessie's testimony, is not putting a limit on God. And I think I'm going to, if the Lord leads for a couple weeks, going to preach on this topic in the Sunday mornings. How many would admit that we limit God? Anybody else limit God here? He's a God that is limitless. He's a God that has no limit and is a power that's untapped, but many times we don't tap into it. And I want to talk about that limitless God this morning, but I want to talk about a subject where we many times limit the Lord that is uh, probably a subject that makes the devil happy. How many do not want to make the devil happy this morning? How many want to upset the devil and make God happy? There, there's a, last week, if you weren't here, I preached a message called, The Mission Has Not Changed. And our mission is to reach, teach, and send. That's why we sent John and Sessie out to start that church, been able to start these other churches. We're supposed to get saved, and then we're supposed to hold on to that salvation and not tell anybody about it, right? Oh, that's not how it is? Okay. We're supposed to get saved and tell everybody about what Jesus did in our lives. Amen. And so the mission is to go and tell somebody else and get somebody in this church that doesn't know Jesus. You heard there, they were invited by someone in this church to come in here. They wouldn't be pastoring in South Dallas today. Matter of fact, I know Pastor Bland uh, messaged me this morning and asked for their picture, and he's preaching a message about one soul, how one soul can change everything. And whoever invited them in, think about that. Now they're pastoring a church in South Dallas and reaching People down there that weren't reached before because somebody opened their mouth and told about Jesus. The problem we have a lot of times is we try to do God's work in our power. How many would admit we do that as well? We don't rely on the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about a couple of things this morning that that the devil wants us to do, which is not preach the gospel. And one of the reasons is how, which is by the power of the Holy Spirit. God never intended us to preach the gospel in our own power. Jesus himself did not preach his own gospel in his own power. You always talked, saw him talking about the Father. You always talked about him praying and doing the will of the Father. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk this morning about the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many are not ashamed of the Holy Spirit here this morning? It's very important to understand that the Holy Spirit has a gigantic place in our lives. The Bible was written in a way that in the Old Testament, God the Father revealed himself to his people. Jesus the Son came to the earth to die for us and became our Savior. And then he left in the third part of the Bible, now, today, is led by the power of the Holy Spirit. But many churches leave the Holy Spirit out. And they're operating today without the power of the Holy Spirit moving in their churches. And that's why a lot of times lives aren't changed. Things don't happen because we're operating under our own eloquent words. Or we're trying to do programs and do different things like that. But I want to tell you one thing that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit is probably the most fought thing in the church today. If anybody's been in the church very long or understands the church world, when we say that, we know we belong to a bigger church than our own. We have a fellowship of churches. We're non-denominational. We don't belong to a denomination. But we do have a fellowship of many, many churches around the world. We work together. But even though we don't work with every church in the world, we belong as part of the church of the Jesus Christ around the world in all denominations that believe the Bible and preach the gospel. But how many know today the Spirit of God has been quenched? We have limited God on what He can do in a church. And so as we think about that, if I'm going to be a witness and I'm going to go tell people about Jesus, if I do it in my own power, I'm not going to be very successful. But if I tap into God's power and begin to let him speak through me and anoint me and put his words in my mouth and have a demonstration of the power of God, I'm going to see some people change their lives. Amen? And so I want to talk this morning about this, and I want to give a little bit of lead way because I know in this place right now, without even knowing you all, there's a million different backgrounds. And, and ways you were raised. Some of you, I'm not going to have people raise their hands today, but some of you are, have, never, have never been in church. You weren't churched people. You weren't around church. Some of you were raised in church, born in church. 
Some of you were raised in a denomination that taught a certain way, and now you're coming to find out that some of the things that you were taught were not things that necessarily lined up with the Bible. There's all kinds of a gamut here this morning of beliefs and understandings and all that, and I want us to understand that this topic of the power of the Holy Spirit is something the devil does not want us to talk about. Here's why. He can't stop you from getting saved. You're saved. But what he can try to do is keep you from multiplying. Amen? You've already been born again. You've already put your faith in Jesus. You're, you're a child of God. And so he, he says, okay, I, I, I'm going to count my losses. But if I can get in that church and I can get in that congregation and I can get in those people and I can keep them from walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, they won't affect anybody else. That's the devil's plan today. And one of the greatest ways he does it is by quenching out the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you in the scriptures today that there is an experience. There is a, a thing that happens to us, biblically called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that is something that happens after salvation. How many would help me today? You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say yes or no, but in your spirit would just help me and maybe listen to me for a few minutes like you've never heard anything before. And just let me show you some scriptures. And then as I'm preaching and you listen to some things, it might, it might open up your eyes to some things. Because why I'm saying this is we have a lot of people from different denominations that teach, literally teach against what I'm preaching on today. And one of the things that they preach the most is that it's not for today. So I want you to begin to think about this. If, if As we get through the scriptures, we're going to see here that God intended this for every believer. I want, I want you to know that God this morning wants every single one of you to have the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your lives so you can reach the most people. How many believe that? Amen? So we need power. Acts chapter 1 tells us that power. Last week, I alluded to this. I gave us a, a little open door to get ready for this, to talk about this. And I mentioned a couple of verses, and I told you I had to be careful to keep moving so I wouldn't get stuck on this subject. Because I love this subject. You know why? Because it changed my life. One thing is to get saved. Another thing is to get full of the Holy Ghost. Y'all didn't catch that over here. Let me come over here and see if they caught it over here. One thing is to get saved. It's a whole nother thing to get full of the Holy Spirit and power and be used in a way where you can impact lives. There's a difference. Amen? And I'm going to show you in the scriptures that today there are many people who are not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're saved. They've got their ticket, but they're not affecting anybody's life. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, look what he says. We're going to read his words. And being assembled together with them, this is after he had resurrected from the dead. He's about to ascend into heaven. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. The promise is, capital P, the Holy Spirit. Now, how many, maybe, again, when I say how many, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm just getting you to participate mentally so you don't think about later. Amen? So you stay here. Right here, people say, why don't we don't believe in the Trinity? Well, the Trinity's right here in this verse. I'm going to kind of preach two messages today. I'm going to show you a whole bunch of verses that the Trinity exists. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is speaking. Can I get an amen? amen. He's talking about the promise of the Father. That's the, that's the Father. And he's telling them that he's going to send the promise. You've got promise, Holy Spirit, Father, God Father, and Jesus speaking. There's the Trinity. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. But it's all through the Bible. okay? And so here in this first verse, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working together to fill us with the power that we need to be able to do what he tells us to do. So he says, I want you to go. Now, this is very important. How many know, I said this last week, you can't wait for something you already have? He is talking to believers who have believed that he rose from the dead. But they have not received yet what he's talking about, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because he's telling them to go wait for it. If they had already received it, because there's another thing a lot of people believe. People believe that when you get saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You do have the Spirit of God come in you, but you have not been infilled with the Holy Spirit. You have not been baptized yet with the Holy Spirit, because the Bible tells us here it's a separate, distinct experience. Are you with me? 
They've already believed, correct? Just making sure you're staying with me here. Now he's telling them, I'm about to go away, and I need you to go wait for this promise, and when it comes, you'll know that it was from the Father. Keep reading. Watch why. Why do we got to go? Because John baptized with water. Here's where you're going to see the distinction. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be. That means in the future. How many are good enough in English to understand that shall be means it hasn't happened yet? You shall be baptized with the what? You know, I've heard people say that the, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not in the Bible. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I actually just read that yesterday. What Bible are people reading? Hello? Y'all, can y'all participate with me? Isn't that weird? Well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not even in the Bible. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So he's saying this is a future event that I need you to get if you're going to be the witnesses I want you to be. And here's why. Verse 8. For, but you shall receive power. You, you mean to tell me, stop here and listen to this for a second. You mean to tell me those demons, those, those disciples didn't have power? How many remember when he sent out the 72 two by two and they went out and they started casting out demons and laying their hands on the sick and they came back and said, demons are subject to us, to us in your name. In other words, that's great power, but he says, I'm going to give you greater power. You went out in my name, but now I'm going to leave so the Holy Spirit can come and work through you, and you're going to do greater works. Didn't he say we would do greater works? How many are with me? So you'll receive power when, and when is if. If you don't receive the power of the Holy Spirit, if you don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit, here's the truth. You're limiting God. Not done, I didn't say you're not saved. I said you're limiting God. Because the truth is there are a lot of people who don't want it. And the reason they don't want it is because someone's told them they couldn't have it or shouldn't have it or it's not of God or blah, 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 whatever they, whatever they come up with. But he wants you to have it or he wouldn't have told you to go wait for it. Amen? And he says it's gonna, you're going to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea. By the way, don't worry. If you've got a cloud over your head and you've got a question and you just put a button there, I'm going to answer it in a second. Don't worry. You shall be witnesses in Judea and, and Jerusalem and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We're the ends of the earth. Amen. We're as far away as you can get from Jerusalem today has gotten to us because they went and they received the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing some people think. Well, Jesus kind of just made this up as he was going along. He thought, you know, I'm about to leave. Maybe I should send the Holy Spirit. Go back to John 14 and 16 and watch. What, this, is, this has always been the plan. Jesus said, all his ministry, I've got to go so the Spirit can come. He says, I'll go pray to the Father. Now, let me know when Jesus prays for you, you're going to get what Jesus wants you to get. Amen. He says, I'll go pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, capital H, that's the Holy Spirit. That, there's the Trinity again. Wow, Jesus is going to go pray to the Father that they would get the helper. Where's the Trinity? Right there in John 14, 16. Are are y'all here? I'm preaching way better than your amen. That's all right. That he may abide with you, not for a little while, but forever. So we're seeing here that, that there's something that's supposed to happen to these disciples so that they can get the gospel to us today and I just thank the Lord, just like I thank the veterans, that some of those believers listen to Jesus. Or we wouldn't be here today. The reason the gospel's gotten to us is because some of those believers listened and went. Now, let me start to answer some of your questions. Because what I want you this morning to, to have and to do and desire is just that. I want you, by the time this service is over, to want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you don't have it, I want you to have it. God wants you to have it. I promise you it's his will that all of us have it. I want this entire church to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so does God. Okay? So we see what happened was on Acts chapter 2. Now, real quick, I love to do this, and the church knows I love to do this. How many, let me just get some background here. How many people were raised Baptist here? Raise your hand, leave them up. 
All right. How many were, were raised Methodist? Lutheran? Episcopalian? David's raised his hand for several. <laughs> He's one of those ones that had the real long name on the church. They couldn't figure out what they were, so they just said, we're going to cover all our bases. Amen. All right. Uh, if I didn't say one, name it out of, of a denomination. Huh? Cow Catholic. How did I forget Catholic? My bad. Catholic. Sorry. Catholic. Uh, Presbyterian. Pentecostal. Okay. Non-denominational. Okay. Now I'm going to mess all y'all up. Yeah, I'm going to mess y'all up right here. How many have ever heard the word Pentecostal? Watch what this verse says right here. Chapter 2, verse 1. And on the day of Baptists, on the day of Presbyterians, on the day of the Seventh-day Adventists, on the day of the Unitarian Catholics, on the day, what does it say? On the day of Pentecost, that was the day the church, you and I, all were born out of, started. Every believer in Jesus Christ is a Pentecostal. Some of y'all try, you, you, I'm going to get up and walk out of here right now. My goodness. But here's the problem. Not, no offense to your denomination. Praise God for all those people who decide to just make their own thing and go their own way. There's only one truth. How many believe that? We got to get straight back to the Bible. We're not better because we're non-denominational, but that's why we're non-denominational, because there is no denominations in heaven. But when you use the word Pentecostal, we understand today that a lot of people have abused that name. And what's tied to it a lot of times is a little bit of craziness, a little bit of wildness, and some out of order and all those different things. But that does not make the fact that the, the day the church started was on the day of Pentecost. So how many would agree with me if we go back in history to the first day of the day, the, day the, ch the church started, it was on the day of Pentecost, okay? When it had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So they're in this room that Jesus told them to go to. And suddenly, somebody shout suddenly. If you're here and you've been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you haven't got it yet, i got good news for you. When you get it, it will happen suddenly. Amen? If you've been waiting for it for a long time, praying for it for a long time, guess what? When you get it, it's going to happen suddenly. And then it won't, you won't be waiting anymore. But they were waiting for 10 days. We know history tells us that they went into that room and began to pray in what's called the upper room in Jerusalem for 10 days. Sometimes the reason we don't get what God wants us to get is we limit him on our time. Now, we know we are time constrained today, but that's one of the reasons we don't see God move is because of our limiting him on time. And here's another thing. How many know somebody shouted out that wasn't in the first service, or if you can shout it through the TV today online, how many people, if you weren't in the first service, don't answer, how many people were in the upper room? Shout a little bit louder. 120. The Bible tells us that. How many people did Jesus appear to? Over 500. Where were the other 380 plus people on the day of Pentecost? Where were they? They didn't think it was important. They limited God. Is anybody else good at That's simple math, right? Why didn't all 500 go? They all had the invite. That's what's happening today in 2023 in the church. Not everybody knows about it. Not everybody wants to talk about it because think, bad things have happened or that's not how I was taught or that's not how I believe or, or this or that. But we are limiting God on what he wants to give us because let me tell you something. If you say you don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're telling me you're better than the disciples. Hmm. They needed it. Why wouldn't we need it? Somebody say amen so I can move on. Man, you're a tough, tough crowd today. You know why it's tough? Because the devil hates this subject. I already preluded to that. There's always a battle, always a fight in the spiritual realm when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because the devil hates a church that is equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and boldness to witness. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, not from man, from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind. That wind blew through that place. Before church in the prayer room, I say, Lord, send your wind into this place. Touch people. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Somebody help me with all the people that are out in the fellowship hall. It's distracting. That's part of what the devil does. Gets people out there having to get coffee and drink and go to the bathroom. And Can you all hold it till it's over? Unless it's an emergency, please go. Amen. Suddenly, there came a powerful wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Watch this. And there appeared to them divided what? Somebody shout that out. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have came to church today. It's one of them tongue-talking churches. Oh, no. Oh, man, they're talking about tongues. Woo-wee. Guess what? It's in the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. How come all the churches don't talk about tongues? It's in the Bible. Happened on the first day of the church. Amen? Tongues as of fire. And one sat, leave this up for just a second, upon each of them. That means God's got a special touch specifically for every believer. A special fire, a special wind, a special anointing, a special boldness for every single person. It's divided means distinct. Divided means it wasn't the same for every person. If you've ever heard someone speak in tongues and you go, man, they speak in tongues weird. Well, you speak in tongues weirder. Not supposed to sound like somebody else. It's divided tongues. Each one of us have our own spirit tongue that God's given us. And it said it sat on each one of them, verse 4, and some of them were filled. They were, thank you, all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they began to speak in tongues. We believe biblically that speaking in tongues is not something the denominational Pentecostal church does. Speaking in tongues is what a believer who believes in the power of the Holy Spirit does when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes on their life because that's what the book of Acts says. Not a denominational thing, an everybody thing. Paul later, to spoil, just give you a spoiler alert, in 1 Corinthians says, I wish that you'd all speak in tongues. All of you. But this is not something the devil wants to happen today. He wants churches to have programs. He wants churches just to, just to come together and, and do it in their own power. But when a church has the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't limit God. And it says, as the Spirit, so it's not a man giving it as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many with me? How many won't shut me out till I'm done? At least listen like you've never listened before. Here's what churches teach. Because I am am one of them, I can tell you, that when I was young, before I ever became a pastor, before I ever even got saved, when I was raised in church, some of you in here were born in church. I was born in church. Not physically, but literally. The day out, you know, I was, my parents raised me in church. Thank God. But I remember people would tell me, don't do this because. Don't do that because. But they wouldn't give me the because. And I wanted to know what the because was. And so I want to teach you the because today. So that you can teach it to your kids. Because if you just tell your kids because, when they get out on their own, they're not going to have what the because is and they're going to mess up. We got to have the experience for ourselves. So what the churches teach today is that that was for then. It's not for today. That was just for them. They needed it, but we don't. But I'm going to show you in the Word of God here that everybody needs it. And it's still more alive today than it's ever been. Now, Acts chapter 4, 
We're going to read here in just a second. Don't quite put it up yet. I'm going to give a little bit of insight to each verse. In chapter 4, I want you to think about this. How, how many know that when the book of Acts was written, it was not written in one day? It was not written in a month. It wasn't written in a year. It didn't take two years to write or five years to write, ten years to write. It didn't take 20 years to write. Church, it took over 25 years to write the book of Acts. That's how much time passed from when they had the, the, the word of God there and he ascended into heaven and the church started on the day of Pentecost to the end of Acts was over 25 years. That's a long time. How many can think back? Some of you aren't even 25 years old. How many can think back 25 years ago? Lots happened in 25 years. You've been a lot of places in 25 years. You've done a lot of things in 25 years. So things change, and, and you go places, and your thoughts change, and all these. So during the book of Acts, as it's being written, it would have been very easy for people to stop preaching the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But guess what? They didn't. As they began to go out of Judea and Jerusalem into Samaria and these other places, like we're going to pick up right here, they're preaching the gospel. They're telling people about Jesus. They're telling them about Jesus Christ and him crucified and him resurrected from the dead. And, then, and if they were smart like us, they would say, and now you need, don't you believe, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter and John are preaching, and they're getting persecuted, like what's happening today in our world, and they're getting beaten and they're, they're tell, told, don't speak the name of Jesus anymore. Has anybody realized there's just something about the name of Jesus? Why does everybody hate Jesus so much? Because it's the name above every name. And whenever anybody hates Jesus, let me give you some insight. It's the demon that's in that person that hates Jesus. Because the devil and his demons hate Jesus. Say the name Jesus with me. You are either saying that with an authority and a love and a power and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a surrender, or you're saying that just to say it and it don't mean nothing, but however you say it, that name is powerful. The name above every name, Jesus. It makes the demons a little bit uncomfortable. It makes the demons flee. So they're preaching, getting beat, don't speak the name of Jesus. They didn't stop. They went into this room and prayed, verse 31 of chapter 4, and it says, When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled, and I would love to see this happen today, together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I missed the word there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So some of them in that room that night had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Others got it for the first time. But whether it was the so you might have never gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's you today. You can get it. You might have been baptized in the Holy Spirit today. You can get a refill. A recharge. How many recharged your cell phone last night? We need a recharge on our spirit. Now let's go to Acts chapter 8. Moving along in the years. Acts chapter 8. At least five years had passed. Saul's about to be converted pretty soon, but he hasn't been converted yet. And now we're going to the book of chapter 8. Now we're in Samaria. Now we're not in Jerusalem. So, so following the vision of our church, we're going. We're preaching the gospel. The gospel's advancing. It's getting to other cities. They're preaching Jesus. And look at verse 14. If you haven't paid attention yet, pay attention now. This is so good. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem, so that's where it started, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Stay with me on this. Where, where was the church started? In Jerusalem. Now the gospel's gone to Samaria. That's, that's, that's a different city. Oh, they've got Jesus over there. Let's go see them. They sent, hey, Peter and John, go to that new church over there. Make sure everything's in order. And who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the... No, time out. I thought they were... Go back to the verse 14. They have already received the word of God. They could have already been having church just like this. 
They're talking about Jesus and his resurrection, his healing power, casting out demons. He's coming back again and heaven and all these different things. And then when they get there, Peter and James, John, uh, was it Peter and James? Peter and John. Peter and John said, hey, this is a great church service, but it's a little bit dead in here. Where's the Holy Ghost at? We need you guys to get the Holy Spirit in here. This is a beautiful congregation. The music's wonderful. You guys are doing great, but there's no spirit here. Anybody ever been in church like that? So they prayed that they might receive something they didn't have yet. You can't receive something you already have. Remember that they'll tell you, you already got the Holy Ghost. No, you don't. How can you receive something you already have? Is everybody, can I move on from that? Next verse, for as yet, he, capital H, Holy Spirit, had fallen on none of them. Do you see this? They, had, they were having church. They had got the gospel. They were receiving the word of God. But the Holy Spirit hadn't filled yet, like it did on the day of Pentecost. And so Peter and John had to make sure that they knew about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it says they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And I believe from Acts chapter 2, they spoke in tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. There would be no difference in how that happened in Acts 8 than in Acts 2. Because God was setting a model. How many are still here? Now, how many give me a few more minutes? How many are a little bit uncomfortable? <laughs> Some of you guys, I can just tell you're like squirming in your seat. This isn't how I was raised. This is one they told me in my church. Am I reading the Bible? Okay. This is the problem. Somehow, doctrines got in to the churches, not from God. That said, hey, I don't care if they assembled together, just don't let there be any Holy Spirit there. Now we're 19 years later. Let I me mean, know a lot can happen in 19 years. 19 years. That's longer than this church has been around here in Denton. Now they're in Caesarea, which is a whole different region near Italy. Italy's far from Jerusalem, right? If you know, if you know your map, six. Sorry, uh, 300 miles away, at least, and there's a man named Cornelius. This is important. He is a Gentile. How many Gentiles do I have in here this morning? Everybody. Somebody's like, I don't, my Gentile, my, who, I don't know, what am I? <laughs> We're all Gentiles, not trying to be funny. This, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. In God's eyes, there's only two types of people, Jews and Gentiles. So he was a Gentile, meaning he wasn't those disciples, because this is what they say. Well, that's just for the disciples. It was just for the apostles. They're the only ones that needed that power. They're not going to need power in 2023 when people are gender confused and, and, and wars happening and, and if, if all hell's breaking loose and nobody knows what to believe. They're not going to need the Holy Spirit then. We just need it right now. How many know we need it right now? More than ever. So he is a man who is a devout man and loves God, but doesn't know who Jesus is. But God's working on him, and he has a vision of Peter. And Peter has a vision that he's supposed to go see Cornelius. And Peter has one of the greatest, I'm just going to lighten it up here for a second, because some of you are like too, too intense. Uh, this is the, I'm going to lighten this. Peter has one of the greatest visions ever. How many like Bacon. You see your hand if you like some good bacon. If you don't like bacon, I feel sorry for you. I've met some vegans in my life, and they said, I'm sorry. I offer meat, and they said, no, I'm a vegan. I said, I'm sorry. That's a sad thing if you don't like bacon, amen. At least meat, right? At least some pulled pork, some ribs. Okay. Because Peter had a vision, we can eat that today. Is anybody thankful for Peter's vision? Rise, kill, and eat. As long as you eat with thanksgiving in your heart, you can eat whatever you want. So if you like bacon, you can thank Peter. But it wasn't just a physical eating vision. It was this. Gentiles can be saved. 
Jesus didn't just die for the Jews. He didn't just die for the Jewish nation. He died for everybody. And we're going to pick up here in Acts 10.34. And it says, Peter opened his mouth and said, I perceive God shows no partiality. God loves everybody, every race, every color, every tribe, every nation. Amen. Let me just, I just feel the Holy Spirit on this. Let me clarify something real quick. When we tend to say God loves everybody, we kind of feel like he loves everybody's sin. Does anybody else feel that when they say God loves everybody? It's like, well, God loves everybody's sin too. No, he doesn't. He loves everybody. He does not love everybody's sin. So when you, when you try to include everybody in there, he's not talking about sin. He's talking about people, nations and tribes, and that he doesn't pick one over the other. He loves us all the same. This is a very important revelation, not only for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for the church in general. How many are still here? Watch what happens. Verse 44. He starts to preach to them. Read Acts 10 later, not right now, please. And it says, while Peter was speaking the words, the Holy Spirit fell on a few of them who heard the word. The Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard. Who can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? 100 out of 100 people. 1,000 out of 1,000 people. 10 out of 10. 1 million out of 1 million. It is for all of us. It is for everybody. The only person that doesn't want you to have it is the devil. Next verse. And those of the circumcision, that's the Jewish people, who, who believe, watch this, this is so good, were astonished. Oh, it's just for the disciples. Now this isn't a disciple. This isn't the 12. This is a man who is, I forgot, I left this out, a Cornelius was a, a, a military man, very, very prominent military man over people. Great day to preach this on Veterans Day. He was a soldier. And he was prominent and had a lot of power. He was not a Jewish person. And he received Jesus, and then Jesus came to his house through Peter, and, and they begin to speak, they begin to get baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, and, and, and they're astonished. And, and it says, as many as came with Peter, because he brought his people that were Jews, and be, watch this, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. That's us. That's everybody except the disciples. Now watch this. This is so good. But most churches, they'll just pass over. They do the Passover thing. Passover's good, but that's for the blood, right? Not for passing over the Scripture. How did they know that they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit? For they heard them speak with tongues. They, oh, they got it. That's not their native language. They, they, we believe that's the evidence. Many people will say, listen, I, I believe I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I've already got it. Well, how do you know? I just know. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says when you get baptized, every time I've read this, the, the, the evidence was they spoke in tongues. So you see that there? Are you with me? They heard them. Oh, they got it. We pray for people in the church. We listen. Oh, they got it. And by the way, that's speaking out loud. You have to be able to hear to speak out, speak out loud to be able to hear. Not scream, but out loud. And then Peter answered, can anyone, and I love this too because he messes up the, all, the, all the ABCs of our religiousness. Because people say, well, you can't get baptized in the Holy Spirit or speak in tongues or be used in the church or this or that until you get baptized in water. Well, God said, I'm just going to mess them up and baptize them in the Holy Spirit first, then baptize them in water. Just to mess that all up. I'm going to mess up all their ABCs because I'm God, and when you limit me, you can limit me, but if you don't limit me, I can do amazing things. 
right? So they get baptized in the Holy Spirit after they believe in Jesus. And then Peter says, now these people need to get baptized in water. Should anybody forbid water? That these that should not be baptized who have received the Spirit, how? How? How did they get it on the day of Pentecost? Cloven tongues of fire, just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked them to stay a few days. Musicians, you can begin to come. Let me give me just, I'm not going to do the whole raise your hand things, I promise. Let me give just a couple more minutes. Now, last one. But wait, there's more. How many like that when they're doing the spill? There's more. So we've seen different places, different times. Now this, we're going to read it in just a second, Acts 19. This is very interesting. This is 25 years later. In a place called Ephesus, which is, listen to this, 600 miles from Jerusalem. So we're, we're way, I mean, how, how many know traveling 600 miles in a car will take you about a day? We can do it today in a car. They didn't have cars back then. That was a long distance by your feet or by horse or by camel or however they got there. So it was a totally different place, Ephesus. And Paul is going to come upon some disciples. I'm trying to get you to understand this is just like today. It doesn't matter if it's 25 years or 2,000 years. It didn't happen the same week. There was time passing, cultures changing, things happening, people deciding to leave things out. I just, I just like this whole Jesus thing, but man, the speaking in tongue thing is kind of weird. I don't know about this. And so they left it out. Shame on them. Shame on them for not preaching everything Jesus told them to preach. Do you know we need to preach everything Jesus says to preach? We can't, we can't do, if you're, if you're new here, you can't do trail mix with God. Lots of people grab the trail mix and they pick out the things they like. You can't do that with the Word of God. You have to preach every word. You have to preach everything as it is. So now Paul has been saved. He's preaching. He's going to different cities. And he shows up. And I want you to see this. It's amazing. He shows up in Ephesus in Acts 19, verse 1. Put that up, please. And watch what he says. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Leave it there for a second. And he found some. Listen closely. He found some disciples. You have to be saved to be a disciple. Amen? You can be saved and not be a disciple. Some of y'all are going to get that. You can be saved and not be a disciple. But you can't be a disciple and not be saved. So these were men who, or women, whoever they were, that were saved because they were disciples. Y'all with me on that? It doesn't just say some people listening or some, even just some belief. It says disciples, meaning they were disciplined in the things of Jesus. So he sees them. He goes, oh, I reckon, okay, these are Jesus believers. Now watch the next verse. I almost made this the title today. Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? Because Paul walks up to these men, and he does not say, hello, how you doing? I'm Paul. He has such an urgency of importance in his spirit that he says, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit since you believed? Do you see that? Is everybody seeing that? Am I reading from the scriptures? This is Paul in Ephesus, 600 miles away, 25 years later, asking, have you received? And here's the problem today. Here's the church today around the world. We have not so much as even heard there is a Holy Spirit. We didn't know there was one. Who's that? Why was the Holy Spirit not being preached in Ephesus? Because somebody thought it wasn't important. Paul says, oh, yes, it is. And watch. Then what were you baptized into? And they said, John's baptism. What's John's baptism? Water for repentance. Amen? Water for repentance. So he says, John, he goes all the way back to John's words, all the way back to Jesus' words. 
He quotes them. At what point, church, does this change? Hasn't changed yet. John indeed baptized with repentance, but saying to people they should believe on him who would come after him, and that is Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit, now notice we've seen this every single time, came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And the men were about 12 in all. You don't have to have the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you need it. Why wouldn't we want everything Jesus told us to get? Why would they have needed it then and we don't need it now? We do. And if you go on to read the rest of the Bible, it continues through the New Testament. Paul takes an entire chapter to talk about it because the way the Spirit of God was manifesting in the churches and they needed to have order. Never did he say it was supposed to stop. So today, if you bow your heads and close your eyes, don't limit God. Trust me that the devil does not want you to be filled with his Holy Spirit. He does not want you to have full power. He wants you to have just a head knowledge or even just a belief, but he doesn't want you to go to the full capacity of the witness that you could be. He doesn't want you to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Which, which by the way, for those that are listening and, and, and still are learning today, are separate from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those are gifts that you seek even beyond the tongues and interpretation is a gift of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is something Jesus told everyone to wait for. There's the gift of prophecy, of the word of knowledge, the gift of healing, the gift of the working of miracles, the gift of wisdom, the gift of tongues and interpretation. God wants us to function in these things so that not so that we can look good in church, but so we can get people saved. And people can believe on Jesus. And they can know He's real. We're going to pray in just a few minutes. and I, I don't usually do this. I'm going to ask you to open your eyes one more time. I need to tell you one more thing I missed. It's very important. Why tongues? People, why, why tongues? Why? That's so weird. It's not really that weird, but we make it weird. But the Bible tells us, I'm going to tell you why, because I told you earlier, and I was heading that way, and then I went somewhere else. What, the why. Why tongues? Well, for one, we don't even have to have a reason, because God said so, because he could say because if he wants to. He could just say because that's what I chose. And we need to be okay with that. But there's a because. That's why we read the whole Bible. In James, God says through James, the tongue is the most vile part of your body and my body. It says, who can tame it? it calls, the, calls the tongue vile and wicked. It says that little tongue can control the whole body. He says, who can tame it? And they give the example of a big old large ship that is moved by the rudder of the ship that's very small. So the reason that God used tongues is because we cuss with this thing. We curse with this thing. We gossip with this thing. We say un un negative things with this, with this tongue. Right? So what needs to be more sanctified in our body than our tongues? Because let me tell you what you can't do. You can't speak in tongues and cuss at the same time. You can't. God wants us to be full of the Holy Spirit, wants us to pray without ceasing, and be praying in the Holy Spirit so that we don't say those things, think those things, gossip those things, cuss those things. He says, how can fresh water and salt work come out of the same mouth, same fountain? So that's why. And he said all the way back in Isaiah, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to my people through stammering lips. But the biggest part and the best part, and I kind of said this, this at the altar today, I'm going to say it now before we open up the altar, is, is the devil can't understand you. Let me know when you have your phone out and you're talking, or even not, not out, just on the table, and you're talking to someone at your house. Google's listening. Does everybody know that? That's not even a conspiracy anymore. 
And the next time you pick up your phone, whatever you were talking about is on your timeline. That's what the demons do. The demons can understand English and Spanish and French and all the other. They've been around a long time. They were there when they started. But when you speak in tongues, it makes them mad because they can't understand it. It's a secret weapon. It's powerful. It's amazing. It'll transform your prayer life. Amen. Now you can bow your heads again. How many all over this place are here and you're not saved? You've never been born again. Listen, to tomorrow you might not be here. Tomorrow you might not be here. Accidents happen all the time. Heart attacks happen. Unexpected things happen. We, we don't know what tomorrow brings. Tomorrow's not promised. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. I'm not asking you to become a member of our church. I'm asking you to put your faith in Jesus, who Jesus is, the one who died for you, the one who, who the Bible says, who knew no sin and became sin for you so you could become the righteousness of God. How many all over this place and watching online and listening on the podcast could say right now, Pastor, would you please pray with me because today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Today's the day I'm changing my life. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. Just put it up. I see your hand. How many more? Come on. I'm going to wait just a moment. Are you, do you know? Do you know for sure? Listen, let me tell you one thing that's for sure. You will stand before God. Stay, stay in the spirit as you listen to me. I saw this great quote last week. It said you got like a .0000025% chance of your child being a professional athlete. But you, your child has a 100% chance of standing before God. And that's you too. We will stand before God. Every single one of us. Are you trying to scare me? If that's what you need, Yes. Why wouldn't you be scared? How couldn't you be scared today to think that you're going to stand before a holy God? Without Jesus, that's a scary thing. But I plead the blood of Jesus today. Jesus is my lawyer. And I am washed in the blood today. And when God looks at me today, he doesn't see my sins. He sees the blood of his son and I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I want to give anybody in here this, this morning a chance to, to believe in him like I did. And he can change your life. I'm going to wait just a few more minutes. How many more? Just say, I, 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 the Holy Spirit speaking to me. The Bible says that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart right now. He's knocking. He's not going to force his way in, but he's knocking. Would you open the door this morning? Just lift up your hand. I'm going to wait just a few more minutes. Just put it back down. Put it up. Put it down. That's me. Pray for me today. If you don't raise your hand, I see your hand. God bless you, sir. If you don't raise your hand, I have to believe that you are smart enough to know that you're saved. Because why would you not accept? Why would you not accept forgiveness? Why would you not accept somebody taking your place? Maybe you're here and you're one of those people that's, well, I'm not worthy of that. I've done too much. You don't know what I've done. Let me tell you something. There's nothing you could have done. Jesus won't forgive. Nothing. Nothing. If you repent, he forgives. Maybe you're here today and you've known him, but today you're not living the life that you used to live and you need to get back with Jesus. How many can say, that's me, Pastor? Here I am. Pray for me. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. Let's stand this morning. Stay in this spirit of reverence, please. This is the reason we're here. This is why we're here today. We're not here for any other reason. Stay, stay focused. Jesus could come back right now. We're going to ask, we're going to say a prayer, and those watching online, listening on the podcast can do it too. Listen, if you raised your hand today, you're the reason we came to church. You're the reason we're here, to preach the gospel to you. And you see in the Bible, it's been being preached for thousands of years. I do not rely this morning on my power, on my words, my eloquency to speak. I rely on the Holy Spirit to speak through me, to touch your heart like it did mine when I got saved 30 years ago. 
And I knew that day, if I didn't change, I was going to hell. Hell's real. It's forever. And it's not a place that God made for you and me. He is a good God. But he is a just God. And if you're serious this morning, I believe there may be even some people here that didn't raise your hand. But there's something tugging. If, you're, if something's tugging at your heart right now, don't care what people think about you. Who cares what people think about you? Come say, Jesus, from today forward, I am yours. I'm going to live for you. If you raised your hand or even didn't raise your hand, just quickly find that nearest aisle. Come down here with me. I'm going to pray with you. Just come. Just don't hesitate. Don't look around. Don't wait for somebody else. Come on, I saw several hands go up. Come on, help church, help them. Help them this morning. Come on. Help them. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, how many more? Are you sure you're saved? Are you sure you're going to stand before God? As, as, as a child of God and not as a judge. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a second that we would receive that. But I just feel led to wait just a little longer. The devil doesn't, you know, you can't have the cart before the horse. The baptism of the Holy Spirit comes after you believe on Jesus. And there's only one thing the devil's fighting more than the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's your salvation that you'd get saved. Don't, do you not look at this world and realize how, how lost it is and how dangerous it is? And that there's no promise that you can walk out in safety today? It's a dangerous world. Let's not play games with our eternity. I've said this before. I do it every once in a while when the Lord Holy Spirit leads me. Maybe at some point in your life you believed on Jesus and you're here today and you say, I believe. But you've never made a public confession of Jesus. Meaning, I'm, I want the whole world to know I'm saved. I am not ashamed. I want you to come up here. You, you believe, you've been saved, but maybe the church you were in had the prayer at the back where they, everybody's eyes were closed and heads were bowed and they were ashamed. Jesus said these words, listen closely, especially my guest. If you deny me before man... I will deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. But if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. I'm just speaking God's word. That's what it says. I didn't write it. Amen. Public confession. I wish I could stand up in a stadium today with a microphone and just say, I believe in Jesus. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Five more seconds. Never publicly confess Jesus. Just come. We're going to pray. There may be some watching online. Where's Sydney at? Sydney, we're serving. She's serving. We have this girl who just testified not too long ago that she was sitting in Alaska, all the way up in Alaska, and listening online because a family that Pastor Mario and Dianza had reached was witnessing to her, telling people they don't have a church. They want us to get a church up there. They don't have a church. She's telling people, listen to And she'd have people over to her house, and they were listening online, and, and she got saved. Gave her life to Jesus, and then she moved down here from Alaska to be in this church. This gospel today is being preached. David, I was looking back at that. It's amazing. The, all the countries. 79, listen to this. 79 countries have downloaded our podcast. 79 countries. Isn't that amazing? That's all God. Amen? So people are watching right now. We don't know where they're at. We're going to say this prayer together. I want you just to say, say it from your heart. I'm going to say a biblical prayer. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I admit that. I fall short of your glory. I need a Savior. There is a distance between us. A chasm between us that I cannot get over because of my sin. And the wages of my sin is death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life. I believe you came down from heaven, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, died a perfect death for me on the cross so I could have eternity. You shed your blood so you could wash me clean. And then you went into the grave and you defeated death and hell and the grave. And because of that, I'm saved. I believe that. And I confess that with my mouth. Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's give a... Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.